Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
What a song. What a song. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sauter Show. I'm Rory Sauter, your host. I have missed all of you so much. I am finally back from my month-long vacation. Traveled all across the country. Uh, went to so many different places, different states. It was just a, a remarkable journey and, and just so many amazing souls I, I met along the way and so many different awesome monuments and sites and attractions and all these various places. I mean, it, there's, there really is an entire universe out there that we all need to explore. It, it, it's, you know, I, I love it. I love traveling. You know, I, I do these yearly trips often. Um, you know, I was in, I was everywhere. I was in uh, Oklahoma. I was in Texas. I was in Arkansas. I was in Missouri. I was in Mississippi, Louisiana, Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, uh, Kentucky, uh, West Virginia, Ohio, Indiana, Pennsylvania, New York, Delaware, Maryland, Washington, D.C. I, I could go on and on. I mean, you know, I, I posted a lot on my social media. I'm sure many of you were, you know, uh, keeping track and, you know, staying on top of things and, and, and what I was uh, getting into. But, uh, you know, God, man, I, I, um, I don't, you know, this being, this is the longest I've ever gone without uh, broadcasting or, or being on air. So uh, definitely a huge change of pace for me. You know, I'm a guy of obvious, obviously structure, routine, you know, uh, straight to the point. Um, so, uh, you know, this uh, being back, you know, being uh, back on the regular schedule, this feels this feels uh, feels really nice. Feels really nice and refreshing. And um, first and foremost, like I do every episode, I want to thank all my co-hosts, my audience, my sponsors and guests. Uh, you are absolutely unbelievable, and uh, we would not be, uh, you know where we are if it wasn't for you guys. And uh, the show just keeps evolving. We keep getting bigger and bigger. Uh, we're looking into signing various deals with big, huge networks, already getting involved with uh, people like Salem. So that, that's, you know, uh, one of the biggest radio, if not the biggest station uh, for conservative uh, politics. Um, and, guys, 25 countries, 70 online platforms, you can't write something this good. We are everywhere. The Rory Sauter Show, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. And I'm, I'm, I'm loving what I do. I love shining light. I love coming, coming, coming you know, to you guys on a, on a weekly, you know, mo- actually, obviously we're on multiple times a week, and, and, and just, just having this, this gift of gab that, you know, that, that came naturally. You know, this, this, this became, you know, who I am. I mean, my, my livelihood and, and uh, you know, getting out the truth and getting out what's what really matters and, and what's really relevant and what our society faces, uh, you know, is, is extremely pivotal. And everybody I encourage uh, to utilize platforms, you know, utilize your voice. This podcasting industry is bigger than ever before. I mean, you know, you can brand, it's all about how you brand yourself. And, um, you know, you know, so many people out there have so much to say and they're so valuable. And, um, you know, for me, I, I say it all the time. I just picked up the mic one day, and here I am. You know, three years later, guys, 
episode 272. Can you believe that? You know, and, and, and people ask me, Rory, what's the secret? How are you good at this? You know, how do you, you know, um, regulate it? How, how do you orchestrate it? How do you, how do you, you know, stay on par? How do you maintain this so perfectly? And I'm like, I'm just a master improviser. I can carry on dialogue and a conversation for as long as needed. I, I, you know, and that, and that's, and it's all, you know, very um, pivotal. Um, like I said, you know, things that uh, need to be addressed. And uh, you know, if, if you have, if you have um, what it takes, then uh, you know, get doing it. Because I'll tell you, I'm seeing all these people like I said, in this industry that uh, have so much talent and even, even people that are being discovered. So, and I've, I've talked about it on my show many times, I'm creating a platform, a whole network, and it was supposed to be done weeks ago. I'm behind on it. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, we're going to be having a lot of big names doing shows, radio, TV, 24-7 breaking news coverage. But I'm obviously going to have a lot of notable individuals, but I'm going to be bringing people out of the woodwork, out of left field, that nobody's ever even heard of, and we're going to build them into huge phenomenon. We're going to build them into stars. We're going to build them into these huge, huge icons, because that's, that's really what I want. Because you know what? The opportunity is unlimited in this country and everywhere. You know, um, our broadcasting network that I'm, I'm putting together with investors and with, you know, various uh, notable individuals who I've mentioned on the show many times, um, you know, I'm putting this together, and, uh, you know, we're really uh, going to make this um, top of the line, take this to the next level. You know, uh, we're living in a time where an election season is the most important ever. I, I mean, we've, we've never seen an election uh, th- this – I mean, if we don't win, if, if, we, don't, if we don't take back – I mean, if we, if, if we, if we don't continue and, 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 carry, and carry on what we're currently – you know, working with, with, the, with the mega agenda, I mean, Biden wins, this country's over. I mean, we can't afford that. You know, we need as many conservatives out there speaking and, and really, you know, pushing their platforms. Because look at all the censoring. Look at all the bullshit going on. Look at all the things that we're, we're dealing with, voter fraud, uh, tech. The tech is the big, big problem we face. I mean, it, it's absolutely crazy. And we're going to get into that a lot tonight. Um, on the show, uh, but guys, we need to keep keep the enthusiasm going. We need to keep b- getting voters registered. We need to keep, you know, telling the truth to the American people because there's more people that have woken up than ever before, and they know Joe Biden's track record. He's been in there 40 years, hasn't done a, he hasn't done a damn thing. I mean, he, he's only made things worse, really has. But you know, I'm, we're going to get into this, um, guys. You know, I hope wherever you are tonight, uh, everything is going accordingly. I hope it's productive. I hope it's going well. Um, You know, this is, you know, a beautiful night coming to you live, Phoenix, Arizona, summertime, uh, 100 degrees. Uh, But I love the heat. I love it. I really admire it, Um, you know, a lot better than where I'm from, uh, Seattle, which is nothing but rain. So, um, guys, I want to say this week so far, and it's only Tuesday, it has been headline after headline, news story after news story, headache after headache. It, it's impossible to keep up. 
Uh, I want to introduce to the show, I believe he's with us, we have U.S. congressional candidate from Florida, Eric Aglier, doctor. Uh, he's the nominee. Uh, we're, looking very, we're looking forward to having him protect our president in D.C. come November. What's up, buddy? Welcome back. Been hey. a month. I've missed you. How are you? Good, Rory. Welcome back. Great that you have the show and, uh, you know, spread the word out there so we can go ahead and um, keep getting the president reelected and keep, you know, fighting for America. So thank you very much for having me on. Um, Dr. Eric Aguilar running for Congress for Florida's 4th District, which is Nassau, East Duval, and St. John's. Uh, our primary in Florida is August 18th. So if you're out there in the Florida area, you're going to have to go ahead and come out and vote and come out strong. Make sure that, um, you know, we have our voices heard, especially on the Republican side. You know, keep uh, going out of the vote. That's the best way to do it, especially right now. We kind of see how the left, they want to start doing some suppression of the voting. And, you know, there's a lot of scary stuff out there about how people are going to vote and how they're going to try to suppress the vote for conservatives, actually. I mean, we're living, Eric, we're living in a war right now. This is the biggest war. This is the biggest political election of our lifetime. And, you know, I mean, people I don't think are taking it seriously enough. I think there's too many people taking it for granted, whether that's the left or the right. I, I don't think people understand the severity. I, I, I don't, enough. I don't think enough people do. But I think there's quite a few that <laughs> get the picture here. Uh, but it's dangerous. And we see the tech uh, censorship. Uh, the voter suppression, the voter fraud, all these different cases that have come out just in the last week. Um, Trump needs to do something with some sort of executive orders, some sort of legislation. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, we've tried to combat uh, voter fraud for so many years. Somehow it always gets by and they, they, they squeeze in and, and, and get their, you know, uh, illegal shit uh, passed. Yeah. Uh, but mm -hmm. something needs to happen, Eric. I mean, yeah, no, I agree. The good thing about California, look at California, look at New York, look at Georgia. I mean, there's places that – Florida even, where you are, it's a big problem. Go ahead, though. What were you going to say? Yeah, and, and in Florida, we try to control it. That's why I'm always online with uh, Florida Supervisor of Election and talking to them and how they're doing their system. You know, the vote by mail, from what I polled, it's between 25 to 40 percent of people around my district that they want to vote by mail around 30% are early voting, and I think only about 20% is actually going to come on Election Day. So that goes to show you, that's why we're out there campaigning. We're not just campaigning for me. We also have the president because we never want people to forget that we need to get that man reelected and to continue yeah. the message. Sometimes I look at that when you have a Trump sign, in a way it's having like an American flag now because now it's, you've seen it, communism versus, you know, capitalism. And, of course, capitalism always going to win because we got to make sure we're going to win. And people need to go ahead and talk to their friends, talk to their coworkers, talk to everybody out there and bring reason because this BLM and all this nonsense is just noise and it's not the real America. And I hope people realize that. We had a St. Augustine. They tried to bring down some statues. We had a couple patriots out there, and we had some BLM protesters. But guess what? There was a lot more patriots out there, so we overpowered them. They couldn't even shout. They couldn't even do anything. And that's when people need to come out, you know, still do it respectfully in a sense that, you know, don't go ahead and engage with violence, but to show the strength because there's actually more numbers on the Patriot side than there actually is on the BLM. BLM is weak. We already know they're a bunch of punks. That's what it comes down to. 
bunch of yeah. bullies, no, but they're punks. And, 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 oh, absolutely. And, and Eric, you know, traveling the country, you know, I, I, was, I was in about 15 states, maybe more, actually a little more than 15 states total. And uh, obviously I was gone for about a month. Um, I, but I, I noticed, you know, just the, it, it's, there's so much more silent majorities and Trump supporters than people want to even mention or talk about, or, I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of momentum building up and, you know, sadly, uh, many voters are too scared uh, to publicly uh, say, say their, uh, you know, opinions and, and, and who they stand for, because especially if it's Trump, because they don't want their home vandalized. They don't want to, uh, you know, be ridiculed in every possible way. I mean, it, you know, it, it's, it's absolutely insane. But it's, it, you really get a yeah. whole nether feel. You you get a whole nether feeling of life, and it, it's just a it's a whole nether perspective traveling across the country, and me being able to speak to all these different people, and really you know uh, go deep into uh, what's on their mind and what their biggest concerns are, and um, you know there were more people uh, not wearing masks than were wearing masks. I mean, I think a lot of people. That's another thing. The Corona thing. I think majority of people, more than not, bullshit and think. Well, it, it's real. It's real, obviously. But they know the whole mask thing does does not work for so many reasons. And it's only about control. And there's so many different other scenarios I could give you. I saw so many Trump signs, so many Trump shirts. I didn't see any Biden shirts or any Biden signs <laughs> yeah. in middle in middle class America in these places that so I was hiding. driving through. You know, <laughs> no, I hear you, and and I see it, and I'm glad that you're seeing what we see because when we go out there sign waving for the president for my campaign, is people are honking. Sometimes they get a little bit nervous, and sometimes like as BLM is Antifa, what they try to do is search and destroy. And people that are out there, you're campaigning or you're sign waving, do whatever you need to. Just be careful because sometimes what they'll try to do is they'll pick one person out. And they're trying to find out where your work is and, and all these other items. We had a couple of people we had to protect here, but they actually went to their employer about a no mask mandate. And it was perfectly, you know, illegal because there is in their own time, they're a private citizen. They could express themselves after work. And these people try to search and destroy. We were able to save a, a lot of people like that, but we have to be united and we have to be able to go ahead and fight. We cannot let these bullies, you know, take it to us. We, this is our country. And we're going to keep taking it, and we're going to continue to make it our country, not be bullied. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And, you know, I, I was really kind of having a, you know, a big thought recently with reading all these different articles and news headlines with Florida. And, you know, it's bothering me that Trump canceled uh, the convention. And I'll, I'll tell you for many reasons. Uh, one, it takes away voter enthusiasm. I mean, obviously – Trump has the advantage. I think he's going to beat Joe Biden by a lot. I think he's going to win by very comfortable numbers. But still, that doesn't take away the fact that I think that, you know, the excuse from Trump is what he said is Corona. But he was having rallies about a month ago in Tulsa, and that whole Corona thing wasn't even brought up. I mean, I, I don't know who's influencing him, who's talking to him behind closed doors. But why, why would he cancel a convention? He's too tough. He doesn't seem like a guy that would cave to a mob. And they're really disrupting uh, – the Democrats are disrupting our entire 
a situation with this whole virtual shit. And the only reason they want virtual because they know Joe Biden can't stand on a stage for, you know, hours and, and give a speech like Trump can. I mean, you know, it's and, and it really um, I, I just it, it's frustrating. And they say all these corona cases in Florida are skyrocketing. Bullshit. I don't buy it for one lying. second, Eric. Total lie. They're lying. They're total lies. They're total lies. Yeah, and cancel. He was pressured to cancel the convention. I don't get it. It, 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 it. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. Um, you know, what do you think, Eric? Well, what that's, what we're also try- we're, that's what we're also trying to help out, you know, Governor DeSantis um, to bring that case because, you know, he's only one person. And this, the, you know, the, the health area of Florida is totally different. And we can see how deep the bureaucrats are in our government because they're inflating these numbers. Because one of the things I was also following, I was following the death rate in America. If you follow actually the numbers of the death rate in America by CDC, even by CDC, everything has been going 0.1, 0.1, It's on track. All the different uh, deaths, uh, you know, 2.8 million deaths, you know, per year that America has. Everything, if we actually look at the numbers, everything's on track. All this coronavirus, and there have been some experiments out there um, that people are testing positive for that. Right now, my deputy campaign manager, he got a call <laughs> from a company, Ascension, and said that he tested positive for coronavirus, and he never took the test. And you know what, you know what drives me crazy, Eric? They're, they're doing that uh-huh. all the time. They're, fa- they're, they're yeah. doing false positives, first of all. Yeah. They're also putting on death certificates, corona deaths, even if somebody has a heart attack or if somebody gets hit by a car, they got, they got corona cause of death. I mean, it's absolutely insane. And you know what's even more uh, disgusting and disgraceful and absolutely uh, appalling is that they've uh, tied the flu death into corona. So they stopped counting the flu this year a long time ago. And, you know, they're, they're treating corona like it's its own special case. It's an upper respiratory. It's like pneumonia. It's like any other thing. But they're, they're doing this. They're labeling this for pharmaceutical gain, for pharmaceutical power. I mean, it's all about the new world order. It's all about pushing that vaccine narrative. Yes, very much. Correct. We actually had one person, a um, good friend of ours, that his, his brother passed away, but they had a lung transplant and something just went wrong. And guess what they attributed the death to? COVID-19. Such a lie. And, they this wa- is yeah. and how, how do they get away with this? How the hell? I mean, think about if it was your family member, Eric, and you wanted answers yeah. and you wanted the reality, but they're going to lie on the death certificate of what really happened. I mean, this is the most dishonest government. Uh, this is like a movie. 2020, yeah. whether it's the freaking rioting, whether it's Corona, whether it's any of this bullshit, it's, I've never seen any movie like it. And I'll tell you what, going back to the whole convention thing, you know, we, we see how the left wants to disrupt the enthusiasm with Trump voters by trying to get rid of our rallies. And you know what? Sadly, I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know if I want to use the term Trump cave to these people, but I want to know what's going on behind the scenes. Because you know what? We can't take chances in this election. We need to give it our all. Everybody needs to speak their voice. Don't be shy. Now is the most important time than ever before to fight 
for America before we lose it. Because if Joe Biden wins in 2020, we are going to be Venezuela times 100. He's going to be boxed around like a little, he's going to be played like a freaking fiddle. I mean, this guy is going to be the biggest puppy dog to all these dark money special interest groups that want to take over America. You are absolutely my, right, my friend, and keep it always sane and never hold back because this is a bunch of nonsense and we need to take our country. It's our country. Oh, we yeah. We run it. Oh, yeah, and, and Florida, I mean, BLM, are they, what's it, give me a scenario down in Florida because I know I, I read reports. It depends on the day. Sometimes they're rioting. Sometimes they're out there. What, what's the Antifa BLM status like in Florida right now? Well, from what I've seen, they're weak. They think that they could come out, but they can't. They had a pastor out here that he put in their violence was on the table. And guess what? That guy was nowhere around when we were in, on this past Sunday. We were protecting the statues. And we, we were out there. They, they always punked out. They tried to do all kinds of things. Our numbers kept increasing and increasing. Theirs kept decreasing and decreasing. you got to stand up to these people. When you see them, just show up. Show your presence and, and just be ready. They do not want to fight with you. You already know with bullies, they don't want to fight with you when they see, you know, the, the strength in numbers. And we're just tired of it. A whole bunch of us, they're just tired of it. We just went there and we're going to stand up because sometimes the elected officials don't want to stand up, which is pretty sad in my opinion. Well, so well, as citizens, we've got to take matters into our own hands. Amen. And Eric, here, here's my main concern with everything that's going on right now. The biggest problem, and, and you know, I, I know Trump has a plan. He's playing chess while, while everyone else is playing checkers. He's always ahead. He's always got something, some game plan. And, you know, at first, you know, I thought, okay, he's just going to let the left make a fool of themselves, allow their voters to go, you know, see uh, what they really stand for in the streets. And, you know, it was going to go on for a couple of weeks or whatever, but this has gone on for months. And I'm surprised Trump hasn't done more to step in and just tell these mayors, take a hike. I don't care what you say. We're coming in there. We're taking care of business. We're going to fix this bullshit. And, and you guys aren't going to say a fucking thing about it. Excuse my French, but you know what I mean? No. It's like, we can only take, oh, totally we can only understand. take, much we can only take so much before america i mean they're 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 putting fires at they're 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 setting police stations on fire they're burning down courthouses what the when is when is enough going to be enough when do we draw the red line no i agree and and if you even hear you know how the, the house judiciary committee was talking you know to bill barr the democrats it is disgusting that they kept bringing up re-election, and we already knew what their narrative was. The way the questionings were were disgusting, they were distasteful, and they were not on point. Oh, you know, right. Attorney General Barr, he was on point. He's House Democrats right. and the House Judiciary, disgraceful to America. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And look at the way they attacked him today. I mean, they didn't even let him finish a sentence. They didn't even let him explain himself. himself. All they did was accuse, 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 and we all know what the Democrats do. They always, you know, go after somebody and th th they accuse them of what they're guilty of. They're trying to put it back on us, on uh, th their corruption. They don't, they don't want to face the music. They want to, you know, 
wind down the clock as much as possible. They're just wasting time and playing the game and, and doing nothing useful for their voters. I mean, this was supposed to be a hearing today, not an interrogation. They wanted to hear, but instead they, all they did was attack, attack, provoke, provoke, and b- believe it or not, uh, made malicious lies and fabrications, and even certain things we could question whether are criminal or not of how they portray themselves, especially certain elected representatives. Yeah, sometimes you've got to look at it where is the soul of people now at the end of the day. Unbelievable. Eric, I I, I watched it for, you know, a couple hours, but then I'm like, I can't take this political theater anymore. I mean, this this is nonsense. There's nothing getting solved except back and forth, partisan bullshit politics. I absolutely agree, because one of the things that we kept telling people out there was, you really want to fix low-income neighborhoods? Go paint, go, put, go fix roofs, go fix the streets, right. go fix the fences. Right. Instead of having millionaire players bending a knee on my flag, they could be out there also. That's how you really fix it, because if it wasn't for George Floyd, you think that they would look twice at these lower-income neighborhoods. They're disgraceful. They should be ashamed of themselves. We need real solutions. They want to fix the neighborhoods. Go put your time and the resources, and you could get these neighborhoods fixed. Yeah, and these idiots think that looting, rioting, and destroying is honoring George Floyd. This is how uneducated they are, <laughs> and they're burning down their own communities. And you know what? This whole Black Lives Matter bullshit you know what, it's, it's just beyond overboard, and you've got all these people donating to the cause, but in reality, when they're donating, it's not going to Black Lives Matter. It's going to a bunch of 1% billionaires that are funding elections. It's not going to rebuilding communities or help anybody in that culture. That is absolutely correct. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. I know how bad the neighborhoods are, and not one that Al Sharpton did anything or Jesse Jackson to help out my neighborhood when I was there when they were making millions of dollars. They're a bunch of scams. Such a scam. It's so true. Um, well, I'm really glad you could join us tonight. Stay with us. Um, tell everybody where they can get involved with your campaign, where they can donate, where they can connect with you on social media, all that good stuff. Again, Dr. Eric Aguilar running for Florida's 4th District. Um, it's uh, Nassau, East Duval, St. John's, and you could contact me. Um, my info is at Eric for congress.com, E-R-I-C-K-S-O-R, congress.com. Thank you. I appreciate Rory, and welcome back. Thank you, buddy. I love having you here. Thank you. All righty. Let's uh, introduce to the show, I believe he's with us right now. We have crime expert, uh, best-selling author, Carlo Cavazzutti, good friend of mine. Uh, glad to have you here, buddy. Been a, been a month. I missed you. How the hell are you? What the hell is going on? I'm good. I'm good. I definitely missed you. I didn't have anybody to spout off to uh, like I can with you. And uh, I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you got a chance to uh, uh, clear your head and everything and visit all these different states and, and get opinions of people out there that are uh, going to make a difference in this election. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and it was a lot of fun and, um, you know, I uh, you you learn a lot. You sure you, you sure do learn a lot when you know going 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 from Arizona into a, a state like Georgia or a, or a state like Kentucky. Much different, much different. You know, it's, 
It, but it, it's so cool. It, it's so cool, you know. It, it is. It is. Uh, and just to give myself a quick plug here, because I know you don't mind, my third book should be out soon, and that's called The Long Ride of Perdition. And I started my fourth book, uh, and it's uh, about pirates and lost gold and lost ships. And it kind of reminds me of the Democrats. You know what I mean. <clears throat> but, um, I you know, you were, you were talking about Joe Biden with the prior guest. And if you imagine the circus and the ringmaster is out there uh, leading the animal around the, the uh, center circle or whatever, you know, by a rope or whatever with a whip, I, I picture Joe Biden on a tricycle dressed up in a clown suit in full makeup while his puppet masters are making him go around in a circle. This man has no clue as to what is really going on in this world. He's just seems mentally um, He can't even count to four or form a sentence. I mean, this guy, I mean, and it's sad. Joe Biden, early stage Alzheimer's. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, all the while out there, the people that really know what's going on and the people that have a different opinion than these leftist extremists it, are constantly getting shut down on Twitter, on Facebook. I uh, did an article on censorship for the published reporter. Uh, I know you had the uh, CEO of it. Um, blog, magazine, whatever, uh, on your show, uh, Joe Cascoleon. And, yeah. uh, he, he, you know, it, it's just pathetic, you know, but we're all going to parlor now, so that's good. But, uh, it, you know, Absolutely. just, just Par- so many things. Parlor is growing. Yeah. Yes, it is. I, I've already got nearly a 1,000 followers. Um, you know, Portland, I Can you believe that? Trouble. I mean, Car- Carlo, you worked in crime. I mean, you, you dealt with some of the dirtiest, nastiest criminals on earth. I mean, what you probably see in Portland, you, you've never seen. I mean, it looks like a damn war zone. looks like goddamn Baghdad. They turned it into Los Angeles with all the trash in the streets and everything, the disfigurement of, uh, of buildings and that. I, I think Trump should come out and say, Okay, uh, listen, you know, we've let this go on long enough. Either you, the mayor, and the police chief get together and take care of this situation within 24 hours, or I'm going to do the job for you. He should do that in Chicago. He should do that in Minneapolis. He should do it in New York and Baltimore. In every single one of these godforsaken cities controlled by the Democrats, these people don't have control. And, and, you know, we need to go clean out the cesspools. It, it's just not the swamp. It's the city cesspools and the state cesspools. Um, I, I, I'm just about speechless, you know, with what I've seen going on. Um, you know, COVID-19, you know, nope. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, COVID-19, uh, you know, people don't know. What to believe? One size, one size is this, and one size is that. One size is no face mask. One size, oh, you gotta wear the face mask. 
I refuse to wear a face mask. I've had people in uh, managers and stores come up to me and say, sir, you need to wear a face mask. I said, I have a medical exemption. And they don't give me any argument because, you know, they can't ask you what your medical exemption is because it's a violation of HIPAA policy. Uh, I'm almost 70. And I'm one of those people who's, like, I have borderline of being more susceptible. But I haven't had so much as the flu in 35 years, not even a cold. I haven't had any ailment in, in those years. And it's just living a healthy lifestyle, doing what I got to do to take care of myself. Maybe I got a better immune system than a lot of people. Um, but, you know, something's got to give here. We can't keep going on. We're shutting down economies. We're shutting down business, shutting down restaurants. I mean, there, there are people just dying to go back to work. And, and of course, we keep giving them money. Nothing's going to happen. You don't cut that. I feel bad for people that haven't been able to go to work. I feel bad for the people that haven't been able to pay their mortgages. But, you know, this was a huge Democrat conspiracy. This started back with Obama and him giving grants to the Chinese government, uh, you know, and Soros and um, the guy from um, yeah, it's it really uh, Carlo. It's it's a crazy. It's a it's a it's a never ending uh, merry go round. Um, I, I want I want to get into a lot of things tonight. I'm glad you could join us. Uh, stay with us. I'm gonna I'm gonna get back to you for opinion. Um, we got a, we got a lot of. I'm gonna get into Rory rants. Introduce a few introduce a few more people on the panel, and uh, we're gonna get into the the big the big stuff. But uh, I will talk to you here shortly. Stay with us. I wish I wish I could have hooked up with you when you were in Texas. Oh man, yeah, I was o- I was only in Texas certain parts. What parts in Texas do you live in? I'm just north of Dallas, about 35 miles north of Dallas. And, uh, oh yeah, I wasn't I wasn't at, I was only near like the San Antonio, uh, Houston area. I wasn't anywhere near Dallas. Yeah, that's, that, that's about a six-hour drive for me. But I would have came down there and have a drink with you, man. I would have loved, but, uh, I would have loved that. We, we will definitely hang out soon. Carlos, stay with us. Big show. Everybody, um, I want to I wanna, I wanna make sure everybody's with us. Um, I believe we have retired law enforcement officer and North Carolina Senate candidate, uh, Rick Padgett. Rick, good friend of the show. Hey. Welcome back. How are you? Hey. What's new? What, give, give us the 411. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, we're, we're having a, a usual uh, Trump time, and uh, we're ready to kick everybody's ass come uh, November. We've kind of coined the phrase, we're running for the red. So every time I post something on, on one of my pages, I, I put out there running for the red. When we introduce our new members, our membership's growing on some of our pages and, and our networks. Uh, of course, the biggest thing I'm fighting now is this damn uh, liberal-ass network. So, the, you know, your Twitters, you, you build up your numbers on Twitter. You're doing really good, and all of a sudden you can't and add And then they take it away. Taking people the away assholes try to take it away. They try to take away what we work for. Yeah. I mean, I can't think yeah. of – any way, any better way to define communism? You know what I mean? Oh my God! 
damn, ambassadors are they're doing it. I'm building up my numbers, and I'm thinking, all right, your numbers are going. People, are, and then I have to go out there and make all these comments, and then people like the comment. Next thing I know, the likes and the and the shares and all that start disappearing. And these bastards are sitting over there pushing buttons and making decisions. You know, they they put they uh, Facebook turn around and put that one lady on there from the, the International Brotherhood that's on their damn appeals board now that makes decisions on what we can and what we can't put on there, what's right and what's wrong. And now she's a damn terrorist sitting on a Facebook appeals board, one of 20 people sitting on it making decisions about what we're going to put on there, you know, which, which makes absolutely no sense. You know, but who – but this is an anti-Trump issue. You know, they're all about anti-Trump, and that's what they're all about. They could care less. So, you know, th- this whole virus thing is, 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 is just – somebody asked me when you think it's going to end. I said probably November 4th. You know, November fourth, they'll figure it out. It'll it'll be it'll be done for them. I mean, I have no 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 doubt that that it's going to run that way because the, these people are sitting in there and and they're making these decisions. And next thing you know, they, they're giving you these these crazy numbers. And and lo and behold, they're not looking at the total numbers. They're not looking at the thirty, forty, three hundred forty million people in the United States. They're they're looking at just who's getting it and who's dying from it. And like I said, they label everything, everybody with it. So, you know, you can't win for losing because they dominate the media. So we just got to make sure we get our butts out there and vote. You know, we got to get people to the polls, and we got to push that. We got to push it hard because the minute we Absolutely. slow down, the minute we slow down, yeah. we're screwed. Well, 100%. And, and, you know, we've seen a lot of uh, drama go on in North Carolina especially with your governor, oh. who's just a complete jerk-off, and then, you know, canceling the convention yeah. and, and doing it for partisan oh, yeah. reasons just because he wanted to get back at Trump. I mean, it's just, you know what, I'm just tired of the, you know, uh, anti-Trump rhetoric. I mean, well, you know, I, I, miss the, I miss the days where, you know, politics, both sides would work with one another rather than go at each other's throats and completely right. be stubborn right. Even though, you know, it's just it's crazy. And look at look yeah, at what look that at, and, and think about think about how inconsiderate the North Carolina governor is. Look at how much money that could have brought their economy. Oh, but no, he doesn't give a shit about his people and no. benefiting his community. No, I think he's going to get surprised. No matter. Here's the other thing. Let me tell you, he he hates my guts. So let me let me tell you, and and, and, I, and I'm glad for that. And let me tell you why he hates me, because as yeah. a um, executive director of the North Carolina Sheriff Police Alliance and the co-founder of the organization. We see through bullshit. We want to, we thank you. And we see through all that. We, so you can't tell us what you do. You have to show us what you've done. So don't come and tell us that you're going to be a Superman when, when you've been lost lane the whole time. So we're, we, we're not going to listen to that. You're going to, we're going to show up. Well, so he didn't like the fact that we didn't endorse him in the last election. Well, he won. Well, within probably four or five months of him taking office, I was working a job out in Research Triangle Park. He came out there, saw me. I was head of security for a, a corporate company, uh, a pharmaceutical company, biotech, and he saw me out there. Of course, the, chip, my, the guy I ran against for Senate at the time came out there with him, and they were saying, oh, well, we've gained – 250 new jobs, they'll celebrate that, but they didn't want to talk about that the 270 jobs they laid off earlier 
in the year and didn't really say a whole lot to anybody about it. All they want to do is talk about what they gained. They never talked about what the company cut out of, out of their greed. Well, when he saw me out there working, his assistant, who used to work for the company, was his administrative assistant for the state. They turned around right. and reached down to the company I worked for and had me terminated from the company. Wow. So wow. that goes to show you how chicken shit he really is. And and his little his little minion, who happens to be Mike Woodard, who I'm running against, who's an incumbent senator, he's four-time senator, he recently got involved in an incident at the Senate in North Carolina on the in the Senate now, in the in the in the legislative building where he looked at a black female senator and her assistant when she got something that he thought she shouldn't have, he looked at both of them and asked them and we'll make it rhyme, how many pricks did you have to suck to get that? And he said it wow. openly where he was heard. Wow. Now, do you think well, the me- Wow. You think the Me Too movement moved on that with him being a Democrat? No, you know, and here, here, here's why the Me Too movement can never be taken seriously because it went, went, it, it's only relevant to them when Republicans are are being accused. But when Democrats get accused, oh, believe believe them, believe them. I mean, it's the biggest double. It's so stupid. Yeah. It is, it is, and that's and that's the kind of crap we're dealing with here. But here's the surprise thing is. I've, 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 I'm blessed because painting last time, anybody can give us a chance. They didn't think we could do it. For the first yeah. time in, in, in one of our counties, we turned we turn the county for the Senate race now red we, for the first time. Then we went into the second county where, I, where we went to sleep that night, and we were 400 votes in front. But I woke up the next morning, we lost by 500 votes. We put it close. Now, in Durham is a cesspool. Durham, North Carolina is where the first statues fell. Durham, North Carolina is where CNN reports every election that they either keep the polls open late or they find uh, a room full of ballots that are stuck in the back. They all talk. They always call Durham, North Carolina for some kind of voter deficiency. This was the state and this was the location that Pat McCrory was winning by something like 90,000 votes. And mysteriously, Durham, North Carolina came in with, with enough votes to put McCrory out of office, and Cooper won. And the reason Cooper gives so much merit to Mike Woodard is because Mike Woodard calls shots, and he's the one that orchestrates the, the, the voting bullshit. So that's our biggest Rid- problem, is we got, we, we got a crook. You know, no, I hear It's a corrupt I system. And Rick, Rick, stay with us. Rick, stay with us. We got a lot to get into tonight. And I'm going to get back to you. I, I want to get your sure. opinions on various various headlines. But tell everybody where they can donate and where they can connect with you. You can contact me at uh, Rick for NCSenate.com, and that is my website. It's www.rickforncsenate.com. I'm also uh, Rick Paget NC. On Twitter at you know, Rick Paget NC on Twitter, and uh, I have an antidote, so or antidote, uh, whatever you want to call it. It's just set up for that, and uh, I can send that to anybody who wants it. And I also post it on my 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 Facebook page. It's Rick Paget for NC Senate 22, or you can go to uh, uh, Rick Paget 2020, 
And now that's also Excellent. Facebook, and I get out the information there. Sounds good. Sounds good, Rick. Um, I really appreciate everything um, you're doing, and uh, I'm rooting for you. Stay with us. Uh, we'll get back to you here Will shortly. Do. I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Will All righty. Um, everybody, I, I, still, I still have people to get to on the panel. I will do that. Uh, I want to cover some small headlines that we have not been hearing about lately because we've been so distracted with all these big corona, you know, fear-mongering uh, tactics. So uh, let's dive into it. You know, we're doing Rory Rants a little late tonight. Um, I'm just going to, you know, go, go through these a li- little quicker than – usual um you know here's something i want to mention you know president trump the other day said it perfectly in an interview he was interviewed uh by dave portney uh very funny guy very talented guy runs barstool sports in a lot of ways he he with videos and content he was one of the first creators uh, of of uh, of just being an internet sensation. I mean, this guy's been around. I mean, I'm sure many of you follow him. He does all the pizza reviews. But long story short, President Trump, you know, uh, was having a discussion with him. And, and Trump recalls his life before presidency. Look at all these people that loved him. Look at all these people that admired him. He, Trump said he was in, they, wait, how many rap songs? It was like 79 rap songs. I think Trump said exactly. I'm like, these people all wanted to be like Donald Trump. These rappers, you know, you know, they, they rap about bitches, monies, hoes, whatever they rap about, but you know, the money part and, you know, I'm sure the hoes part they were talking they were they were referring to the you know, Trump because you know, Trump was a playboy, got a lot of women, had a lot of money, you know, people uh, people idolize that in this culture. You know, that that's just what society is. And um, you know, he it's just it, it it's you know, I get how, you know, the the um, the turn of events happened in terms of these people uh, starting to attack him. Um, but he, here here's the facts, though. Why? What 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 do they? First off, you know, you you look back and he he was never called a racist. I mean. Every single TV show, even every single movies. I mean, uh, going on liberal media outlets. I mean, even every you know all these feminists, all these people, and look at everything he did with donations, helping out charities, helping out causes. You know, and and they never once, not once, referred to him as a racist ever. These people are fake. I mean, and it goes to show, oh, I I lost my train of thought about 30 seconds ago, and now I remember what I was going to say. It goes to show how powerful the media influence actually is. They're telling all these elites, all these people that that, that never had an issue with Trump, all this fake shit. And they're, you know, what they can twist a narrative like there's no freaking tomorrow. The way they spin things is, it's sick, but it's remarkable. I mean, these people can brainwash so many individuals. Um, you know, and, and President Trump also admitted, and I'm happy he acknowledges this. I've talked about it many times on my show. 
I love how genuine and authentic he is. I, I think it's I think it's wonderful. I think it's fantastic. But I wish he wouldn't say certain things sometimes. And I wish he would just kind of calm down. Um, and he even, you know, he knows that uh, there's some tweets that have gone a little too far. Uh, maybe he could have, you know, expressed himself. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I would much rather have a realist uh, than a phony, polished uh, puppet robot. So, you know, I, I, I pick my bet. Let, let's just say we pick our battles on this one. You know, sure, you know, he, he, he says some things, but you, you, you got to love the authenticity. you got to love the New York uh, sense of humor, you know, because he means well. He really means well. And, you know, there, there's been so many examples. Uh, even Shaq, you know, Shaq, per, perhaps the most scariest guy to ever play basketball in the NBA, came out and said Donald Trump, great friend of his, you know, he just said sometimes Donald says it wrong, but, you know, it, it, it means well. So, you know, I, I just think there's certain communication things that, uh, you know, obviously could uh, improve, but uh, I'm not, it's not, it's definitely not a, cons- a strong concern. It's just something that I, I thought, you know, uh, would be uh, needed, uh, you know, in terms of pointing out. Um, I, I want to bring up, you know, the AG bar recap. We talked about that a little earlier today. I mean, what a circus, political theater, just nonsense. I mean, they didn't give this guy any, any breathing room. I mean, this guy couldn't defend himself. He couldn't talk. It was interrogation, attack after attack. I, I, you know, and, and there has to be limits. There has to be restrictions. There has to be boundaries on how these people, you know, act. I mean, they're being elected and voted in by us, the people, and they think they can go in there with their big heads and their egos and act like assholes and act entitled and act like their shit don't stink. It's sick. It's sick, sick. Um, you know, the, this was this came out today, and this any this should disturb anyone. I don't care your political affiliation, even though I know so many of you biased mofos on the left don't care about this story. But the FBI that came out knowing, and we, we knew a lot of this already, but they were doing mock briefings before they had, before they had any, before they did any investigation about Russia. They were already planning to take down the president. Stork, Comey, this was on Breibart earlier today, a memo, a leaked memo. Can you imagine if Trump or a Republican did something like this? Can you imagine the, the backlash, the outrage? A mo- they were, they, I mean, that's, you, just when you think, I mean, the, the government can't get any dirtier. I mean, and if they're guilty of that, they're guilty of millions of other things. This is, just one, this is just one of many that we caught them with. Uh, it'll keep coming out. It will. Um, here's something. You know, it, and I'm not going to go too much into this because I don't know. Right now, I don't know um, how far this is going to go. I, I don't know all the details. I know very little. 
Uh, it keeps, you know, obviously developing and uh, growing uh, in the news. But China and India, uh, they are they're, – they're at war. I mean, not, not a full war yet, but they're, they're seriously on the brink of it. I mean, they, they are having a lot of issues. And I, I, quite frankly, I think it's because China is jealous of how much business the U.S. has done with India, how much we're trying to transition manufacturing, uh, you know, to India rather than China, you know, temporarily. Obviously, the long-term goal is to have USA be the manufacturing hub and, and main place to, 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 the, to do the business. But we need to bring our costs down a little more. Trump has done a very good job in various industries of bringing prices down, but we still have some ways to go, which is why, but India, I mean, they're the best ally I think we ever, we've ever had. You know, they, they are the most genuine down to earth. Modi is a fantastic, amazing leader. You know, I, I, I just, I, I think in, in terms of product, in terms of quality, in terms of sufficiency, you're going to get a hell of a lot better deal and, item in India than you would in China. China products are garbage. India makes uh, remarkable things. I mean, they are, they are fantastic, and they treat their people way better. Um, my, so, you know, we talked about this earlier, but the violence is erupting all over the place. Uh, Portland looks like a third-world country, looks like a war zone. Uh, all these Democrat mayors are trying to blame Trump for creating a violent narrative and making these people angry. That's like blaming the dog for eating your homework. We have the Seattle mayor, who I unfortunately know her family, and I know them, and people are just disgusted by her. Uh, she's, a, she's a complete disgrace, maybe the worst mayor in Seattle history. She's blaming Trump for the city being destroyed. Uh, last time I checked, Trump has offered every resource to fix the problem, but you don't want that because you want division. You Democrats want problems, so you have something to run on. You like to hear yourselves talk, but you're never going to fix anything. You're just going to keep spewing bullshit to your voters and lying. To, and these people, sadly, I mean, I'll tell you, I grew up with these people in Seattle. They are not the brightest bulbs. These people, these voters, they're morons. A lot of them are waking up, though, but a lot of them are still much morons, you know? And they have no arguments. They have no rationale. Their logic is the, you know, it's like a preschooler. Stupid. Just shut up already. Take accountability. Um, and and we have, we, we're seeing Black Lives Matter, you know, saying they want justice. They want all this shit. They want all these things fixed. They want, you know, their community. But they're burning down their own businesses. They're allowing black cops to get shot. We just saw a black Trump supporter get shot. Black Lives Matter crickets. They're not saying a damn word. But if this was, a, but if this was the less than 1% chance that a white cop went after a black guy, not always, but usually it's because the individual is not complying, then we'd see all these assholes marching. And they're out there, you know, so much for social distancing. You know, why can we punish small businesses 
and everyday workers, but we enable and encourage all these jerk-offs in the streets, you know, just causing nothing but I, – I've never seen any sort of violence like this, ever. It's sick. This is a sick time. You know, and, and, you know, Democrats are now trying to make a big deal about the Confederate flag. First of all, it's a part of our history. And if they want to take away the Confederate flag and make them bitch and whine about these statues, then they need to get rid of their party. Because they're the – let's – come on. Come on, guys. You want, you want to play that game with me? The Democratic Party needs to be abolished if you want to go after the, 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 the statues, the, the Confederates. Stop erasing history. Tell the truth, too. Why don't you tell your voters who founded the Confederate statues? You know, some of them were amazing people. But, you know, the Democratic Party, you know, it, it, uh, they, they can't uh, – they have no room to talk. I mean, you know, they originated the KKK, slavery, plantations, you name it. And, and what, about, what about all these Democrats that own slaves, that they're not touching the stat, statues? I mean – it just there's so many things to me that don't add up, and these people are just they're anarchists, and, and it's not about justice; it's about disrupting. It's so freaking ridiculous, and and we we're now seeing you know this corona thing just completely go out of control. I mean, you know, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna get right back to that. I, I want to mention real quick um, while I'm on this whole anarchy thing, we have news networks who are not showing people what the truth about the streets. For instance, we even have Fox News now not on our side. They cut the cord the other day when, during the White House press briefing when Kaylee McKenney was trying to show the world what was going on. I mean, Fox News is turning into CNN and MSNBC. Look at all the liberal people they bring on. And the Murdoch boys are not the same as their father. The kids took over. Uh, the, some of the kids have actually donated to Joe Biden. Imagine that. And then you have rhinos like Paul Ryan on Fox News. I don't want to get too much off topic. I'm just trying to shine light on an issue that, I mean, people are misinformed. I mean, and if I hear the word peaceful protest one more freaking time, I'm going to puke. I'm going to puke. And, and quite frankly, you know, I, I'm going to, transition a little bit real quick Mike Ditka you know came out the other day and God bless him uh, 86 Chicago Bears perhaps the greatest football team to ever exist and many would argue he's the greatest coach to ever 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 you know step on that field he came out and said you know you millionaires you people are trying to say how racist how oppressed you know, how Black Lives Matter is, is doing you know but you guys are making millions of dollars and you're not going out and making change in the community. All you're doing is drawing attention to yourself while kneeling on the field and sending the wrong message and dividing America. And, and you, I mean, come on. Think about the logic here. These athletes think that they're oppressed when they're making millions of dollars a year. They bitch and whine about police brutality. They bitch and whine about the president. They don't want to have a conversation. They don't want to go, you know, because if they really wanted to make change, they would do it. We go to sporting events to get our mind off of politics. If they really cared, they would go talk to the president of the United States. 
on how they could, you know, work together like other athletes have and have taken that high road. But you've got some of these stubborn, ignorant jerk-offs like LeBron James, even though I know he's in the NBA. I'm a big sports person. We were talking about Mike Ditka in the NFL. But, you know, I'm just giving an example of these people that think they're above the world and outspoken and and they can disrespect the anthem and, and they can say all these bad things about America, but still they're here profiting off of us and they're not leaving. I mean, you know what? This country, this flag means so much more than how these people, you know, you know, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? How, how they portray. I mean, these people think it's just a flag. I mean, the, our ancestors, our soldiers, our troops, our military fought with their blood, sweat, and tears so we could live this luxury, overly privileged life in, in, in what we call America. They put their, their everything on the line. I mean, you you know what? That's courage. Bouncing a ball for a living, is that courageous? I mean, mean, come on, you you guys, you know what? And the military, you know, they're the real heroes. They're the real heroes. And what, what, I'm just sick of everything we're dealing with right now. And look at all the money that the the, uh, NFL, the uh, NBA, the NASCAR, the um, now major – Major League Baseball, all these people, they don't get it. The NFL, when the protests started a couple of years ago, their numbers went down like, I mean, like wildfire. I mean, their numbers drained so quickly, and you would, you would, you wonder that why they're doing this. Because the the thing about these entities is they're all about business, and this is bad for business. This draws people away. This puts you, unless they're getting some a remarkable amounts of money from dark, dirty people behind closed doors that make up for it. But I don't, you know, they're changing the culture. They're changing the system. Fans are running away in doves and packs. I don't know, guys. I don't know. I mean, it's, this, is, um, this is mind-blowing. It really is. You know, and... and um, it's something that – and we're teaching our kids the wrong me- message. I mean, these left-wing wing assholes. I-, I saw an article today on Breibart. You have adults in Portland giving toddlers uh, signs that say, fuck the, the police. How, how is that a what, – what are we dealing with? And we've got Democrats blocking coronavirus protection programs like Pelosi that could help everyday workers? You know, it's just, it's all about mind control, whether it's the mask, which is fake. It only adds to the problem, whether it's climate change, which they said that everything was going to be underwater years ago, which was a lie, whether it's, you know, I, what else do we want to talk do, do we want to get into all their crap, a hundred different genders? I mean, these people live in a fantasy bullshit land that, I, oh my God. It's like, and it's, it's really the fear mongering I, I feel is the biggest problem. I, I think the scare tactics, um, the media has down pretty well. I mean, you, you see 
all these people going out there talking about how they feel white guilt, how they feel, you know, even though more whites got shot by cops last year than blacks, we still want to go after the whole Black Lives Matter. You know why? Because it's divisive. You know, they want to put blacks in boxes, Democrats. You know, they want to say people of color are oppressed. And to me, you're generalizing an entire race. That, that's racist. That's racist. You know, it's just, it never ends. It never ends. And then you got these smelly feminists that say, women, 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 oh, my God, believe them, believe them. Get the fuck out of here. You, got, you know what, you guys? You guys, are, you guys are the biggest phonies on earth. And you got terrible hygiene. Focus more on taking a shower and washing yourself than the, you know what? You guys don't call out the liberals who are predators, only Republicans. Joe Biden's the biggest rape sexual predator on the face of the earth, and you guys are backing him. Hollywood, the Me Too's. What about Kavanaugh? How about Kavanaugh, huh? Jesus, ridiculous. And I don't, you know, I don't, this is something very interesting. I don't know how you, there was an article out today saying pro-life Democrats are urging their party to drop the embracement of abortion. Well, if you're pro-life and you still think you have a place in the Democratic Party, you need to get your brain checked because they are not pro-life. The moderate days are over. Elon Musk said it perfectly the other day. The left has scared the middle moderates away. The JFK days are over. You'll never see those again. I mean, they, the, the Democratic Party is the AOCs of the world. This is what, where we are. This is where we are. And there's, it's not about policy, not about substance. It's about radicalization. It's about division. That's what it is. You know, and, and it's, Jesus Christ, I mean, I can't even believe I'm reading stupid headlines like that. I mean, you pro-life Democrats haven't woken up? Are you, what? It's not, you know, this isn't JFK. Jesus. Um, last thing I want to say, and I'm getting to everybody on the panel, a big show tonight. Um, I heard something today, and I, and I think everybody really needs to, you know, because this, this is, this is a kind of a, this will make you go a little crazy. There's a rumor from like multiple reliable sources on Twitter, including Bill Mitchell, who I'm sure many of you follow, that he heard from certain people that George Soros died. And I'm like, oh my God, if that's actually true, that's big news. But then I also said, you know, it's not going to stop because his son's going to take over. But if he actually is dead, which I, I have a hard time believing, I, I don't know how they w- would want to make that public because they, they would – the left would kind of look at that as giving the right ammo. They w- it would be like giving the right more power. I, I just don't know how they would spin that because this guy is so protected. He donated in 2020 $52 million. And how is there not some law against that? I thought there's a certain limit on how you can donate. And this guy's never looked at, you know, we know how he makes his money. He bets, he bets against 
uh, economies to collapse, among other things. We, we know his involvement with the Holocaust. I mean, whatever. It goes on and on. You know, uh, he's um, – a, a guy like that is – I don't know how he gets away with what the hell he gets away with. I don't know how. I mean, that power is, um, is quite something, I will say. Um, I want to I wanna introduce to our show uh, – we have numerous guests with us right now – uh, I want to make sure, give me one second, guys. We have with us right now, uh, let's make sure he's here. 858. Let's see. Sure. 313. I believe he's, I believe he's with us. Let's see. Let's make sure. We have U.S. Congressional candidate from Michigan, Michigan, David Dudenhofer. What's up, buddy? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. We appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Oh, really good to have you here. Your first time on. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I'm, uh, I've been a legislative activist going back to 2007 since uh, I got involved in politics when Dr. Paul ran for the, I guess, second time. And uh, I just stayed with it with a bunch of activists. And uh, after the campaign was over, we, we thought we had all of these people, all of this energy. Uh, let's do something with it. And uh, so we decided to take back our local governments, uh, form, you know, county chapters of Michigan Campaign for Liberty and, uh, you know, travel the state, train activists, uh, empower them, uh, show them what they can do besides pulling a lever every couple of years. And uh, so, you know, we recruited a lot of folks and, uh, you know, we had some great victories. We've had some losses here and there. But uh, overall, it's been fun to actually push the message of liberty and push back against the Marxists. And uh, we're continuing to do that. And now I'm doing it as a candidate going up against uh, Rashida Tlaib, who is arguably one of the uh, worst examples of, of Marxism in this country. Uh, and, she, and she's got to go. So that's my mission. That's what I'm doing. Wow, dude. Wow. So you're going up against the hateful Muslim who has caused nothing but chaos and division. I mean, she is a disgrace to our culture, to our values, to our traditions. She loves third world ideology. I mean, I'm so glad somebody like you, you know, with with your background, with your resume, with your expertise is going up against a wacko like this. I mean, I, you know what? This, I can't even believe she got elected. I mean, what, what is the district like? Uh, tell everybody which areas it covers, and is it more of a moderate? Is it hardcore left? How would you describe it? So the 13th district is uh, one half of Detroit, and it goes out west towards the suburbs and includes 11 suburban communities. And I would describe the district as 55% uh, black vote. And uh, I would also describe it as a, a percentage of uh, uh, Muslim vote, uh, Arab vote, uh, Mexican-American vote, and then uh, a, a lesser percentage of Caucasian vote. Um, I would describe it as a 25, or excuse me, a 75-25 district. Uh, you know, on a good day, it's a plus 25 Democrat. On a bad day, it's plus 30 Democrat. So it's a heavy, heavy Democrat area. They've been spoon-fed. 
Uh, the same nonsense going on almost 57 years. It started with John Conyers, who retired in disgrace a couple of years ago. Uh, Talib was one of five candidates, uh, as my friend uh, Wayne Bradley, who's also on the radio, would say, five Negroes with egos who refused to get out of the race and uh, allowed her to get in. Um, and we know this because on the special election, uh, where there was only three candidates running, one of which she is taking on in her primary for a rematch this year, uh, she lost the special election. And um, when there was two extra candidates for the regular two-year term, uh, she won with about 840 votes. And then there was no Republican on the ballot that year because the county uh, decided to play a few games. And uh, through the 1,300 signatures of the Republican that was on the ballot out uh, for a technicality, and what that was was, you know, you write two-year term on your petitions, and that's just standard. But because there was two elections that year, they wanted the actual date of the uh, expiration of the office sought for both the two-month term and the two-year term. And the candidate simply wrote two-year term, and uh, clear as day, but uh, they maintain that the, the, the signer would not know the difference between, you know, if they were signing for the two-month term or the two-year term and because you didn't have the date on there. And so they threw all the signatures out, um, and that ushered in Rashida Tlaib. Jesus Christ. So, I mean, so, so tell me about this. What, 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 what kind of feedback are you getting from voters? Like, I know you're getting out there. I know you're getting, you know – talking and, and, you know, associating yourself and kind of, you know, really pushing the message on, uh, you know, getting Michigan back to, back to where it should be. I mean, what, what, tell us about that. So, so for me, this started off back in December and, uh, you know, I really wasn't going to go and do this. I was just going to leave from behind and, and, you know, find a good candidate um, that would appeal demographically to, to all sides. And what I kept hearing was just, just wanting to just first and foremost attack her religion and for better or for worse you know for me I think if you're going to lead that way you're going to paint a victim out of her and you're going to create the the or reinforce the stereotype of Republicans that everything the left says that we are I says there's enough red meat in that Marxism to go after just that go after her policies attack the policy always as a candidate and uh, these folks just were inexperienced. They didn't want to do it. And I said, this is just going to just be ugly. So the committee got together. I chair the 13th District Republican Committee. And uh, they said, well, why don't you do it? You know, you articulate the message well. Um, you're fiery. You can get in there. You can, you can rumble with her, throw haymakers when you have to, politically speaking, of course, in case you haven't seen listening. Um, and, uh, you know, so I says, well, I thought about it for a minute. And I says, okay, let's, let's go for it. But I'm going to need some support. You know, it's not just going to be me doing this. And so word got around the community. And, of course, you know, some volunteers stepped up. Uh, some money came in as seed money. And then, uh, you know, we found some companies that could do some professional fundraising for us that were ironically Liberty associated. And uh, next thing you know, uh, we're into July and I've got just about 8000 donors uh, from across the nation, and uh, I think we've pulled in almost 400000 which for this district is, is pretty good. Um, you know, it, it's not the kind of money that you'd like to see. It's not certainly not the kind of money that uh, 
uh, Talib has raised, which I <laughs> question her sources. She claims she's not getting PAC money, but you don't raise $2.9 million uh, in the third poorest district, arguably by median income in the nation, on $10, $15 donations. There's something else going on. So, um, but we're, we're competitive, and I think what's most important is we've got boots on the ground. We've opened up a campaign office for a Republican in this district for the first time, and I'm going back 35 years. And so optically, that is strong. It helps the up ticket. It helps the down ticket. And uh, it sends a message that we're here. So we're going with a, a very uh, memorable theme, let's just say. And, uh, I, you know, it's obviously our campaign. If you go on our website, dudeforcongress.com, you'll see the theme is Liberty Uncompromised. But, uh, you know, that, that dude theme, you know, when you go out and you see yard signs, it's always dude for Congress, dude for Congress. Nobody's going to remember my last name, but they'll remember the dude. And if you saw the big Lebowski, it'll bring back some memories. It'll, it might make you chuckle for a second, and uh, that's what we want. We want people to remember just dude for Congress when they go into that ballot uh, box and, and uh, you know, pull that lever. And uh, so anyway, so we're doing those kind of things. We, uh, we, we're running uh, an ad on Fox News uh, around the clock uh, starting last Monday through August 4th in three markets here. And that's been something pretty unique for a Republican in this district. Nobody runs ads in this district for Republicans. So, uh, so we're doing that. We're appealing to the uh, Republican base, obviously, uh, soft Democrats. We've got a lot of independent voters out here. And I've got two cities here that actually won for Trump um, in 2016, which was a shock to Democrats. So we're making that kind of the um, epicenter of the campaign and then branching that out from there. Uh, the last thing I'll say to you is this. We did a couple of polls, one back in February pre-COVID and one after um, as of a couple of weeks ago. Both times we saw Rashida Tlaib amongst likely Democrat voters was polling under 30 percent. And that's pretty powerful. So, you know, despite the money, I think Detroit, uh, the, the Detroit network, I think, you know, could conceivably take her out in the primary. Uh, with the Detroit City Council president who's also running uh, against her in the primary. So it's very possible that I might be facing another challenger if I make it through uh, the primary, which is next Tuesday, August 4th. So, uh, so that's what we're doing here. Uh, we're plugging along. We feel like we've got a great message. We feel like we've got the, group, you know, the grassroots on the ground. We feel like we're, we're fiery. We feel like we've got you know, momentum on our side with all the nonsense that's going on. People are sick and tired of it. Um, and, you know, I think this district, if, if, you know, is a reflection of many districts in, in terms of uh, the poll that came out last week where you saw that 62 percent of Americans are not comfortable expressing their political views. And I think you're seeing that here in the city as well. People are not answering the polls. They're not putting up signs. But when you hear them talking, you hear Trump, Trump, Trump and get rid of these Democrats. So so we feel like we've got a great opportunity and uh, I'm going to capitalize on it. Excellent. I love it. I love it. Um, I, you're a you're a genius. I mean, you know, just a, a very impressive individual. Uh, you have a lot to offer. Uh, and uh, I'll tell you, we need patriots like you fighting for our president. And, uh, you know, just um, your proven track record. Uh, you're the guy. I mean, we we with with what's going on in Michigan, I mean, Going back to this whole Tlaib thing, you really think she could lose her primary? 
Yeah, I, you know, based on what happened uh, two years ago, like I said, she she did not get the support of Detroit Black Democrats, even though she tries to pass herself off as a Black Democrat. Um, you know, when you see her yard signs, it's always Rashida, and which you know could be con- confused with uh, you know uh, somebody who's Black who would you know have that name, right? But you never see her last name. She never campaigns with her last name. And uh, I think there's something to that. Um, and, and in fact, Detroit Democrats think the same thing because they're confused by her. You know, I've, I've, I've knocked on doors of black Democrats or soft Democrats, I should say. And they ask me, is she black? And I say, no, she's Palestinian. And they, they you know, some honest, honestly, they just don't know. Some of them just don't know. So there's a little bit of that going on. Um, but I would say that she also did not have the support of many of the unions two years ago. Now, that might have changed in pockets, um, but I think there's still an opportunity for the machine in Detroit uh, and through the black churches to oust her. There's, there's absolutely no reason to think that that cannot happen. So, um, you know, I've even had some Republicans that said, hey, they're just going to vote for Brenda Jones in the Democrat primary and just get rid of her. So. You know, there's, there's a big mix of different people that have different plans, different strategies going on. And, you know, to me, I saw something. I'll just finish with this. I saw something uh, four years ago that shocked me. An incumbent state senator who had been there for two terms lost to an absolute nobody, a librarian, a retired librarian who had no website, no money, no yards. But what he did have was the Detroit machine. And part of that district was in Detroit, and they took him out. They took out an incumbent state senator who had, uh, I think, a half a million and two terms. So it, it can happen. I've seen it, and um, so I, I would not put it past her. Craziness. And where do you – now let me ask you. I mean, this whole – they formed this whole squad nonsense, and, you know, I, I, it sounds like she could be a one and done, but what – let me ask you this. What, where do you think she's getting some of this dirty money? And, and do you think, you know, two years in there, do you think she's became a millionaire? I mean, do you think she's filled her pockets enough? And I know she's been behind some shady, shady stuff. Yeah. I'm hearing those stories continuously. I, in fact, just a couple of days ago, I had uh, a Palestinian man come in and, you know, just like looked around over his shoulders before he's talking to me. Right. And he says to me, look, if, if you know somebody that can dig a little deeper, there's a lot of shadiness going on. She's involved with her brother in some nonsense. Um, you know, they're, they're running or he described it as funneling money through an organization called Access, which is a, a communications company and an organization here that uh, predominantly focuses on Arab Americans and Muslim Americans here in the Dearborn and Detroit area. So, you right. know, that was what I was told. And. You know, I tell you what, if I had the extra money and the gumption, I would say, you know, let's, let's hire a you know, private investigator and go because I got to tell you, I hear these kinds of stories about her over and over and over again. But nobody seems to want to actually, you know, put the pedal to the metal and, you know, back up their stories with facts and figures and something to demonstrate that this is actually going on. So, you know, I have to be yeah. careful as a candidate, but I can just tell you that, you know, that what you're hearing is what I'm hearing as well. Right, and look at how they get a pass. I mean, she, she, they get a pass. They're a Democrat. They get a pass. They don't get investigated. I mean, nothing happens to them. It's the biggest double standard on earth. And I wanted to ask you, I mean, you know, Michigan in terms of regulations right now, 
may be the worst state to be in. I mean, your governor may be the biggest whack job I've ever seen in my entire life. This woman is the, the most evil witch on the face of the earth. You, you talk about a radical feminist. I mean, she, she's something else. She bought, and you can tell she, she's the type that bosses around her husband too. She's a, she's a witch. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, some of the stories about her going back to her high school days aren't very flattering. So <laughs> I'll just, I'll leave it at please, that. Please, it please do, please do tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's, uh, she's pretty aggressive in, in all areas of life. We'll just say that. But uh, yeah. I think that, uh, you know, for sure, I mean, we've seen that she's, you know, issued over 120 executive orders, uh, more than any other state around us. And uh, it's just power hungry. It's just bizarre. Right now, we've got three petitions going on in Michigan. One is to recall her, which is being stalled right now. And I'm really pissed off about it because, you know, there's a clown on the west side of the state who's got his own personal problems. And he's decided to inject them into this thing. He doesn't realize that this thing is bigger than him, bigger than me. It's even bigger than Whitmer. It's, it's sending a message for the first time, I think, ever that we can recall a governor. And, um, you know, we got the language approved and, you know, they're, they're just screwing around and it's, it's really irritating. But uh, we'll figure it out. We'll get through that. The next one is to repeal Public Act 45 here in Michigan, which gives the executive branch that kind of authority. So we're, we're, and we have 180 days to get 300,000 signatures, which is completely doable. And it's veto proof because it goes through the legislature. So that, that right. one we're working on. And uh, we're also working on three state constitutional amendments, which will prevent future executive uh, branch, uh, you know, governors, I should say, uh, from, from doing this kind of thing ever again to anybody, wielding this kind of power. So, so we've got three going on, and I'm actually using my campaign office for all three. So I've got activists coming Amen. and helping me, and they're also working those things. I love it. I love it. We got to get you back on the show soon. I could talk to you all day, man. This is this has been a, a really fun interview. Tell everybody where they can connect with you, where they can donate, all that good stuff. Yeah, just go to dude the number four congress dot com. Dude for congress dot com. You can connect with me on social media, Twitter, uh, Facebook, um, <laughs> uh, Telegram. Yeah. I'm on Telegram because that's encrypted. And it's uh, censorship-free, so check out Telegram. Uh, it's all under Dude for Congress, and uh, you'll find me in all of those. And, uh, yeah, donate if you can. Uh, spread the word if you can, because everybody knows somebody out here in the Detroit area. we got a primary next Tuesday, and i got to get through that because i got two knuckleheads I'm running up against, neither one of which lives in the district. Um, we just got to get past those two, and then we can move on to November and take on whichever Marxist the Democrats put forward. Amen, brother. Well, I'm, I'm praying for you. I'm rooting for you, uh, you know, and uh, let's keep in touch and let's get you on here often. Awesome. Appreciate the time. Absolutely, my friend. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show Fox News contributor and uh, speaker, and he's doing a lot of big things right now. Uh, he just launched his own podcast as well, from what I understand, Lee Spickerman. Uh, you've probably seen him on so many different channels, but uh, Fox News is one of the main ones he's usually constantly on. Lee, welcome back, good friend of mine. How are you, buddy? Terrific, Rory. Great to be on. Thank you. 
Lee, and don't forget uh, Fox Business. New? Don't forget Fox Business, by the way, the sister network. Absolutely. Yeah, Lou Dobbs. You're on Lou Dobbs. You've been on so many shows. Um, Lee, I, I want to, I kind of want to, you know, get, get the 411 from you. I want to get the latest because I know you've been, you know, uh, involved with various projects. You're working on a lot of stuff. Uh, you're helping out the 2020 uh, election cycle. Uh, give us an update. Well, you know, I think the biggest um, point that, that I'm stressing and, and uh, message that I'm trying to get across is that as conservatives, as people that believe in free markets, as patriots, it's crucial that we, and let's face it, that the majority are white people uh, that, that adhere to that philosophy, and that's, and that's I'll get into, the, into that in a moment, what you were saying about the Democratic Party, but uh, we have to decouple race from conservatism uh, or, or the conservative-liberal divide. Um, and you mentioned the Democratic Party and how it was the party of segregation, uh, the right. party of uh, Confederate statues and Confederate flags, which is true. In fact, Nancy Pelosi's father, when he was mayor of Baltimore, dedicated one of those Confederate statues. So that's a point well taken. But let's let's be honest. Let's keep it real. In 1964, when President Johnson signed the Civil Rights Act, now he was a murderous psychopath, uh, but right. he got it, that right. And he, he signed the Civil Rights society. Act. Lee, and he created the Great Society, which put blacks no, no, in all no this question. poverty. Very Ill, ill-conceived, ill-conceived. I mean, massive work needed to be done, and massive expenditures were needed, but it was done the wrong way. I'll give you that. But the point is, when he signed the Civil Rights Act, the Republican Party made a strategic decision to try to enlist conservative or, frankly, mainly racist or pro-segregation Democrats in the South into the Republican Party. That was a strategic decision that they made. It's ironic that their candidate in 1964, Barry Goldwater, whose one of his parents was Jewish, their family business, their department store in Phoenix, had voluntarily desegregated before the Civil Rights Act. So, and, and in fact, Barry Goldwater himself never wanted to be in any way portrayed as a racist. Now, he was against the Civil Rights Act, which I guess some would say makes him a racist, but he, he claimed he had some constitutional reasons for that. But he never wanted to be associated with that group. But the point is that the party did make that strategic decision, and Richard Nixon encouraged it in 1968. It was always on the sneak tip. It was always on the DL you know, he never said anything, certainly never used the N-word, always talked about everybody coming together. But there were winks and nods, and there were deals with Strom Thurmond. And the point is that the Republican Party did make a decided turn toward uh, not by no means were all the people they enlisted or recruited that were former Democrats racist. But let's face it, a significant number were. And meanwhile, Party said, hey, we've signed the Civil Rights Act, we've, we or enacted the Civil Rights Act, we've enacted the Voting Rights Act. You know, you can't be partly pregnant. We have to throw our lot in with the African Americans in the United States. So now what we have is that African Americans, uh, they don't agree with everything the Democratic Party does. I mean, it's it's condescending to say that they do. But the Republican Party has offered so little meat so little substance that addresses the issues that asymmetrically affect African-Americans. And frankly, in many of their utterances have been so tone deaf and so insensitive 
that dem- that a lot of African Americans, the vast majority, say, "Look, I don't. I'm not saying the Democrats are perfect. I don't agree with everything that they endorse, but the Republicans don't get it at all. I mean, they are completely out of it. And the irony is that that President Trump, and and champion, not just enacting and signing, but championing." The first step act, which is the first significant criminal justice reform, the first significant unwinding of the mass incarceration paradigm that President Clinton set in motion in the 1990s. The opportunity zones, which Republicans, going back to Jack Kemp, had pushed, never happened in the tax code to really foster investment in our most distressed inner cities. The enduring funding for historically black colleges and universities, those three massive – Things came under under President Trump, and yet the man appears to be endorsing Confederate monuments, which memorialize a treasonous insurrection uh, of a of a, uh, of a rogue state that was based on slavery, uh, and every state that that uh, virtually every southern state that uh, that uh, seceded from the Union in its statement of secession specifically said slavery was the reason so anyone that says it's states rights or that's ridiculous they they seceded because the landed oligarchs that controlled the south wanted to maintain the slave paradigm which not only uh was horrific for african americans but it was horrific for middle class and white people in the south because the land these landed oligarchs completely dominated the economy they bought more and more land. They bought more and more slaves. So uh, an average white guy didn't, a white family didn't have a chance uh, against these folks. And that's why you had the whole free soil movement, the whole uh, uh, violent history as we got into uh, bringing more territories into the United States. And you had so many white people that were opposed uh, to slavery, frankly, not just because they thought it was evil to enslave other human beings, but because they didn't want those white plantation owners to move into other states and completely dominate the economy as they had in the South or for other people like them to dominate the economy and have a slave-based, a slave-based plantation. So forgive me for the long history lesson. My point is that as Republicans, we have got to take a dramatically different stance and I wrote to you in a commentary or a comment on your Facebook post the other day that I've changed my opinion on uh, kneeling uh, during the national anthem. I used to be vehemently opposed to that, not just because I respect our well, flag and I'm a patriot, I want, but because Lee, so say, many, Lee, uh, so many African-Americans real... fought for that flag. Lee, I want, I want to say something real quick. I, w- I was thinking about something the other day, and I want you to give your – kind of theory and and your thoughts on on this because i know you you have an opinion on it but i mean if they really wanted to kneel you know and and i i don't condone it i don't enable it at all but if if i was going to consider it whatsoever why don't they do it before the anthem starts like why don't they kneel in you know as a team before why does it have to be during i just think it causes so much divisiveness but go ahead. I, I, well, you know, I want to have let, an alternative. I let's want, say, I want let, let's get, people. Yeah, let's get to the history of who actually conceived the idea of kneeling. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, the first time he took any action during a national anthem, he sat on the bench. He did not kneel. It, it was a friend of his, a 
fellow, a former Green Beret and a former Seattle Seahawks player named Nate Boyer. Uh, oh, Nate Boyer came up with the idea and encouraged and wrote an open letter in a newspaper to Colin Kaepernick to kneel. If you're going to do anything, don't just sit down, kneel. And Colin Kaepernick and his advisors and her, but one way or the other, he bought into it, said, you know what? That's a great idea. Now, again, Nate Boyer will not kneel. He refuses. He's, he, and he's friends with Colin Kaepernick. But he says, I'm always going to stand. He was a Green Beret. He can't bring himself to do that. But it was his idea. Now, let's think, what does kneeling mean? It's not throwing your middle finger at the flag. It's not turning your back at the flag. It's not even holding up a fist at the flag, which happened in the 68 Olympics in Mexico City, which also, I think, was very appropriate at the time. But kneeling is a sign of being humble. It is, it is, and of course, those who are Christians or, or even uh, believers in God, the Almighty, it is a stance for prayer. And I see it as we can do better. We love this flag. We love this country. But we are not where we need to be. And anybody looking at the metrics, and I've talked about this on my YouTube channel, Lee Speakerman, you can look it up. Uh, you can find me on TikTok, at Speakerman. You can find me on Twitter, at Speakerman. But as I've said the metrics don't lie. We have African-Americans with five times the incarceration rate of white people, three times the poverty rate, less than 10% of the wealth. The average African-American is less than 10% of the wealth of white people. And, you know, it's unfortunately kind of the common wisdom, though few people would say it out loud, is there must be some problem with black people. Well, no, if you know black people, you know there's not a problem with black people. There's a problem with the paradigm, which, yes, Democrats put in place largely uh, over the past 200 years, but we haven't done enough to unwind and to repair, and that is you have segregated inner cities. You have trade deals that were put on steroids under Clinton that deindustrialized the northern cities and destroyed the uh, middle-class African-American jobs, which then, of course, led to a massive deterioration of the inner cities. Um, you do have a lot of white people with, uh, with noxious attitudes towards African-Americans, uh, mainly because most white people don't have a lot of African-American friends or people that they're close to. And so this is a real problem I, for our country. Lee, I got to take a quick commercial. I, you know, I got to take a commercial here in 10 seconds, but the last thing I want to say on this, and I'm going to come right back and talk to you, I don't think it's what Kaepernick and these other people are doing is the same as what Tebow was doing. I think Tebow had good intentions. I don't think these people have the best intentions, and I think it draws the wrong message i think i think it's, it's i think they both have good intentions i think they both have well, good think, intentions but we'll talk more well, after well, the commercial. So quickly lee i gotta go to commercial but i think it's attention seeking behavior and i'll tell you something i think if they really wanted to change and do something better they would go out and do it and not enough of them are doing that the nfl owners would give a them a platform small, which they haven't up until now right i think a very small portion do stuff off the field but then you just have those attention seekers that are just causing problems. I, you know, it's yeah, but you have that with anything. Stuff, yeah. You have that with any any movement. Any movement, you have people that do that. But the vast majority are trying to make a positive statement. And if the NFL owners and if Roger Goodell and I said this on Neil Cavuto's show, uh, literally three years ago when this first uh, came to the fore, I said that if Roger Goodell had his act together, 
he would have convened meetings of community leaders, African-American players, uh, the owners, and they would have had an action plan and say, you know what, there are real issues that need to be dealt with in this country, and they're not being addressed, and we have a powerful marketing platform. We have one of the few entities that in this very divided country brings everybody together, which is football. We can do a lot more. If he had been if he had been visionary, if he had thought like Jerry Jones, who owns the Cowboys, about things, uh, it would have been very different. He didn't do that. Only now, uh, you know, in the wake of all these protests, is Goodell finally getting a clue. Uh, but again, the owners and the NFL could have provided a platform. They didn't do it. And so these players took advantage of the national anthem. And frankly, since the national anthem, the third stanza celebrates the subjugation of black people, it's never sung anymore, thank God. You know, I think the anthem is actually an appropriate venue to kneel and say, you know what, we're humble. This country can be better, but we're not where we need to be. And I, I used to be against well, it, but well, I totally Lee, changed tell, my point I'll, of view. Tell, I'll, just tell you, I'll just tell you something. I'm going to commercial right now, but I want to tell you something to close on this. First off, it's terrible for business. NFL and all these entities have lost so much. The ratings are back lost. up, Rory. No, the ratings wait, no, are back Lee, up. Me, the Lee, ratings are Lee, right back where they finish. used to be. I, Lee, I gave you your time. Let me finish. There has been <laughs> I'm, so just, many I'm just helping you out with the facts. Just helping you with the facts. I know, but no. No, go look at the statistics. They've lost so much money, the NFL. All these Don't look people. at the statistics. And money is a statistic. The only thing hurt the NFL true. is doing great. They had a great people, season. They had a great Lee, financial year. Go great. To, Lee, people go to sporting events to get away from politics. They don't want to hear other people's bullshit, and they don't go there to hear NFL players cry. Or whatever or they're doing, it works. Being a fucking millionaire. It's a last joke. Season Goodbye. Last season. Goodbye. Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love, like chicken, shrimp, and cheese, just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street foods. Hurry in. They're starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entree starting at $10. TGI Friday, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. 
she's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Satter Show, coast to coast, worldwide, listened to in 25 countries on 70 online platforms. It's a beautiful night here in Phoenix, Arizona. Hey, everybody, I just want to really call this guy out. I mean, Lee Spickerman, our previous guest, Sounded like an absolute moron. I mean, there's no wonder why he goes on shows like Neil Cavuto, guys that don't belong on Fox News, rhinos, fake Republicans. They're, they're no different than Democrats. This guy wants to justify a bunch of felons and thugs who get on their knees like a bunch of homosexuals. I mean, seriously, if half of these players weren't in the NFL, they'd be in freaking prison. And you know what? What Kaepernick did compared to what Tebow did, it's much different. There's not even a comparison. Kaepernick and these asshole felons, you know, they call it the National Felons League for, for a, a legitimate reason. Look at the way these people act. Not all of them, not all, but a lot of them. And you know what? It's attention-seeking because they're doing it on the field, and they know it's going to get them controversy. They know they're going to get their name in the paper, but majority of them, don't do anything off the field for the community. Some of them do. But it, 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 you know, and I'm not saying everybody in the movement is, is a terrible person. I think a lot of people in Black Lives Matter are misled. But to say right there, blatantly lie on air, Spickerman, and say that the NFL and these sports companies haven't lost money, you sound like a fucking idiot. The NFL lost 40% or almost 50% of its fans when they started kneeling. NASCAR, people, oh, NASCAR's done. Major League Baseball, it's a white sport. It's a Republican sport for the most part. You think they're going to they're gonna enable and coddle Black Lives Matter bullshit? And the NBA, I mean, the, the NBA is the NBA. They are what they are. They suck up to China. They claim America's oppressed. 
they don't call out the real facts. So I, don't, I, I don't even, even get, the NBA is a joke to me. You know, I used to love basketball back in the 90s when Michael Jordan played, and they could elbow each other in the goddamn fucking head, and nobody would cry like a little bitch. I love all the hard fouls. I love all the freaking the, the roughness. But now a little love tap is considered a foul in the NBA. They're a bunch of pussies, bro. Seriously. Um, I want to welcome to the show, I believe he's with us, very popular guy, business mogul and popular speaker, Matt Sweetwood. Welcome back, my friend. Very happy to have you here. Good friend of mine. you got a lot going on. Tell us what's new. Hey, Rory. How's it going today? Uh, doing well, um, man. I'm a little heated. I, I don't like when people justify. Yeah, just, just relax. Relax a little. So you listen to him. He's obviously got an agenda. You know, and you talk about business, you know, and this is just about the kneeling thing. You know, you have to understand that, that when they kneel like that, it's such a painful thing. They don't – nobody ever talks about and, and this. And think about this, Matt. Matt, we go to sporting events to get our mind off politics. We don't care what these athletes think or what they believe because it's their personal business. It, it doesn't affect us. Look, they're millionaires. All of them are millionaires. They're millionaires because they live in a capitalist society. They're playing football, of all things. You know, okay, they have a shorter career. They put their bodies on the line. They get paid for it. But I'm talking about something different, and, and this is really about everything that goes on. Every time I watch news or I watch something, it causes pain. And there's just great pain going on everywhere in our country, and I think it's deliberately done. When those football players kneel, you can imagine how painful it is for people who've lost loved ones defending the flag, defending the anthem. And nobody right. really sort of puts that into calculus. Oh, the revenue is and up, they, the revenue Matt, is down. And, and people, Matt, you're, you're absolutely right. And people don't understand that these athletes wouldn't have this millionaire luxury lifestyle if it wasn't for our soldiers who created America. And, and they wouldn't be able to play the game if it wasn't for the police and everybody defending them in the stadium. You'd have fans running onto the field. You'd have, they wouldn't be able to walk out of the stadium. You know, it's that old story. You know, the people who are well-known and want to defund the police and want to do all of these things all have police protection or all have security. So it's all kind of really a canard. And to me, the big issue with it is that it causes immense pain for people. It seems like everything the left does, and this is obviously deliberate, is to cause pain, and they're trying to put people in pain because the more pain they are, the more people withdraw. Look, people on the left are typically activists. People on the right just want to run their lives and run their business. I mean, I run a business. This is one of my biggest issues is that I'm running a business, a business called Lux Now. We're a luxury marketplace for autos, homes, and yachts, kind of like Airbnb for luxury. I go to work every day. I'm trying to build a business. You think I have time to go protest in the street and to go do all of these things and to fight and to do all of this? It's actually very frustrating and it's very painful. But ordinary people don't have the ability to do this. And this is really the thing that really bothers me the most. And I, I think it's really a flaw in our system in some way. You know, we can't get hurt. Social media is damned down. You can't do anything. And so well, there's a whole mess of frustrated people like me out there, I'm sure. Yeah, Matt, and, and I'm not, you know, I, I, obviously, you know, I, I get in these moods and I go on these rants because I hate what's going on in America. I hate what I'm seeing. I hate how these people are acting. I mean, you know, they'll punish small business owners. They'll punish people for going to church. But, oh, you can go riot all you want. You can go burn down whatever. You can go do – you can go cause chaos. 
it's such bullshit, Matt. Well, you know what the problem is? The problem is not the, it's actually, in a way, not the left. We know they're doing this. For me, I actually am more upset at the Republicans, Republicans in Congress and in particular the Senate. They're just sitting there. They're, 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 we're waiting. They are our spokespeople. They're the ones that have to stand up. I mean, I saw this interview on Tucker Carlson with this senator from Indiana. I'm still, like, shuddered from it. He was afraid of Chuck Schumer. He's afraid of this and that, and he, he wants to make this a holiday. It was like the craziest discussion. And these are the guys that are supposed to be defending the cause, defending the cause of conservatism, defending the Constitution, and they're all hiding under their desks. I, I just don't understand it. You know, they can, they can trump up, no pun intended, they can make up all these fake charges against Trump, carry them out for months and months, for years. We actually have caught them spying on the Trump campaign. They've committed crimes, and somehow we can't seem to even make anything of it. And I put the full blame, this is what we need to do, put the full blame on our Republicans in Congress. We need to hold them accountable. They're not carrying the water. They need to do it. They need to be going on the attack and fighting for the right cause. And I'm really, it's really upsetting to me. I don't know which one to yell at or which one to call out, but it's really quite upsetting. No, I, I hear you, and, and I agree with you 100%. How, how is the cur- current uh, scenario uh, situation down in Florida? I mean, the, the corona numbers, they just keep skewing them, lying, uh, false positives. I mean, they're saying Florida is now like the worst place on earth. I don't buy it for one second. What are your thoughts? No, it's actually, it's actually not true. So we have pretty good leadership here. You know, DeSantis, I think, is really a straight, a straight shooter here. You know, our senators are really straight, straight suitors. We have Scott and Rubio. I mean, I think they're okay kind of people. And Florida, you know, having lived my whole life in New York and New Jersey, which I couldn't take anymore because you can't even – you can't say anything. You can't speak your mind. There's no free speech in those places. You know, you come here, even though, you know, there's a lot of cases and they've closed things down, people still function here. There's not like this crazy culture. You know, I went out, uh, you know, this weekend, went out to dinner. You know, okay, you have to eat outside. You have to separate a little bit. But really, I think things are somewhat okay. In terms of my business, a little bit different because I'm in the travel business. And obviously, people not traveling very much and things like that. But that's a nationwide problem. So the answer is, I mean, Florida is going to be okay. The cases will eventually come down. We'll all get back to normal, you know, probably November 4th. But nevertheless, you know, it's going to – we're okay here. And I, I don't really see a major, major problem other than, you know, things are shut down a little bit more than you'd like. Tourism is obviously, you know, obviously shut down. Now, let, let, me, let me ask you this. In terms of, you know, how corona has affected you and the people around you and just, just the business market in Florida – uh, can you kind of speak on that? I know, I know you're, you know, you're, you're always up to date with things and um, your business obviously has to deal with hospitality. So I can imagine you probably went through some, uh, you know, rough, rough bumps. You know, we're, we're sort of like, if you think of Airbnb for luxury, that's what we do. We have a marketplace. We have luxury homes and short-term rentals here in Florida for our inventory here in Florida are not our, 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 our block. You can't have short-term rentals. I know restaurants, here are definitely hurting. I, I know that a lot of small business here is hurting, but like I said, things, they took a much more sensible approach here in Florida. And the other thing that 
the governor did, which I think was really smart, is he let it sort of go county by county. So in southeast Florida, we have a lot more cases than you do, let's say, in southwest Florida. So the beaches, let's say, are open in Naples, but they don't open the beaches in Miami Beach because you get a lot of tourists in here. So there's some intelligence going on there, and we're certainly not doing things like preventing people from going to church or singing in church or going to temple or whatever the case is. I mean, all of that, you know, obviously is just leftist control and trying to punish people that don't vote for them. So, you know, all things considered, I think the business environment down here is surviving, but obviously we're going to have to open up and we're having the fight here over schools, the same fight. Governor wants the schools to open, you know, and municipalities are going one way or the other. I know this is a really big issue. You know, if the schools don't open, it's going to be a really uh, painful time for everybody. But, you know, the thing to remember is that the school issue is really tied to the election because the Dems yeah. have figured out and, that, and that if should people. Make, that should make anybody sick that they're making that a political issue. And that's that's another thing. I mean, the, the, the way they've got, approached the situation with that and they've I mean, it, it's sick. I mean, they're not even looking at it from a humanity, humanity or or caring standpoint it's all about power well no it's about causing pain remember that's how i sort of began the kneeling on the anthem causes pain to people keeping kids out of school causes so much pain for people what are parents going to do parents going crazy with the kids at home the kids depressed not being able to socialize how and they're falling behind you can't leave your kids out of school for months and months and months we're going to have a whole generation of kids not learning in school. I don't even want to get what they teach them in school. Nevertheless, not learning in school, not socializing, not growing, parents not able to go to work. It's like a catastrophe. And I believe that the left wants to cause pain because they believe the more pain they can cause, the more likely they are to win power in January. It's just as simple as that. And to me, I'm just sick and tired of the left weapon of pain. It's just a terrible, evil kind of existence. I, I hear you. I hear you. And, you know, um, I, 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 I want to I got to let you go here in a second, but I, I want to get you back here in the next couple of days or early next week. And I want to talk to you a lot more, uh, definitely a lot more to dive into. But last thing I want to ask you, I, I mean, the, the market's pretty good right now for everything we've endured, for everything we've overcame. I, I mean, how do you how do you see the next month or two? I mean, I, I mean, I, I see a lot of rebounds. I see a lot of things still going steady. I see people, some people obviously struggling, but not as bad as I, you know, some people thought it would be. I, I, you know, maybe just a slight disruption, fair to say? I think the market, um, the market obviously feels like we're going to come out of it. I mean, that's clear. You can see the upward trend in the market. My guess, you know, and I'm not handing out stock tips, but my guess is there's going to be an adjustment because there's been, you know, this sort of continuous rise. There'll be an adjustment and then it'll come back. And certainly if Trump, tightens the polls you know if the polls get closer the stock market is going to continue to rise because they're going to feel like it's win it's going to win now one thing before i go i have to say is that i am not convinced that biden is going to finish the race i somehow have this gut feeling that they're going to just let the trump campaign blow hundreds of millions of dollars attacking biden and then Biden's going to biden's going to have some sort of confarction right at the last moment they're going to replace him and the sort of the attack and the money that's been spent attacking them is going to all go away. I just somehow feel there's going to be some sort of foul play like that. Why? Because everything they do is foul play. So I'm just saying it right here. This is what I think is going to happen. Well, you know, 
you know, that's, uh, that's quite something. And you know what? It, it would not shock me. I, I would not be surprised. Uh, he's not in the right condition or state of mind. And I mean, do you, are you still convinced Trump wins in 2020? I Real think quick. that he's going to win. I think that the statement that Elon Musk made today is really at the heart of the matter. The left is right. losing like I talked the about earlier, Like simple... I talked about earlier in the show, the left has, com- yep. Elon Musk said, the left has completely left the middle. I mean, they've left. That, they, there's nothing. That's right. If you look nothing... at what they did to Barr today, like if you just watch yeah. what they did to Barr today, I'm sure a lot of fair-minded people were watching what happened today. I mean, that was just a travesty. Nobody wants it's to see true. another human being treated like he was treated today. They look stupid. They look totally stupid Matt, in front of a big audience. Matt, it's so tr- Matt, it's so true. Well said. I love having you here. Tell everybody where they can connect with you. Yeah, just find me out. I'm at M Sweetwood. Just reach it out on Twitter to me or Instagram, Facebook, whatever, at M Sweetwood. Love to hear from everybody. Thanks for having me on, Rory. Always a pleasure, Matt. I love having you with us. Uh, God bless, man. And I will talk to you in the next uh, probably couple days or next week. We want to get you right back on. Good deal. Have a good one. You too, man. Um, I do want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us right now. We have uh, John Cummings, who is a retired New York police, police detective and cop. He's been a, a teacher for 22 months, and he is doing a lot of stuff. And I, I, his expertise uh, is quite something. I, I got him on the show through my friend Joe Murray, who uh, Joe is a very popular guy out of New York. Uh, John, welcome. How are you? Roy, doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. John, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I was a New York City police officer for eight and a half years. I was injured in the line of duty, so kind of forced to reshuffle the deck, as it were. And I've been teaching in New York City. I've been teaching government and civics in a local high school, my alma mater, actually, St. Raymond's in the Bronx, for the last 22 years. And I am the Republican and conservative nominee running against... I meant to say say 22 years, and and you're running against AOC, right? I am. I am running against Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez here in New York 14. Oh, my God, dude. That, dude, you're probably fiending off of this one. You're probably jumping up and down. You're ready for this. You know, it's, it's been quite interesting. You know, we got in about a year ago. There was about seven Republicans who were trying to get through to this point, and I'm the last man standing. And the reason I got into it, I've always been politically astute. Obviously, I teach government and civics. Uh, my students actually have been after me for many years to run. They're always like, Mr. Cummings, why don't you run? You know, you know this stuff inside and out. And the yeah. reason I never really got into it is because the previous congressman, Joe Crowley, was firmly entrenched. He was there for 11 terms. And I didn't really think I could beat him. And then once the congresswoman picked him off while he was sleeping in a primary, uh, they said to me, hey, you know, your, your excuse is pretty lame now, so here's your shot. And I didn't want to be sitting around 10 years from now when I'm 70 and say, you know what, I should have run back in, in 2020. So here I am. The campaign's going very, very well. We just uh, we just launched some TV ads locally and also a, a new website. We're at Cummings2020.com. Cummings2020.com. The fundraising has been amazing. We've raised over $4 million from people in all 50 states, over 70,000 donors. Uh, it, the message is real, and I think what really works is that I am the antithesis of what she is. I have lived and worked in this district my entire life. I know the people of the district. I'm not a socialist. 
I, I'm a hardworking person just like the rest of the people in the district, and people are really into what I'm talking about. And I think the reason that, even though it's a heavily Democrat district, I think the reason that people are willing to give me the time is two reasons. One, like I said, I've lived and worked in the district my whole life. But two, I have a 30-year record of service to the people of the community, eight and a half years as a police officer, 22 years teaching high school. The school I teach in is 88% minority. And 40% of my students live in the poorest congressional district in the United States, and we graduate 99% of them with a full regents diploma in four years. So, you know, when people want to talk about education, it's a good topic for me. When they want to talk about law enforcement, it's a good topic for me. And those are the two things that people want to talk about. Well, how how the hell did she win? I mean, I you know I get this 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 Joe whatever his name is I, I forget his last name Joe what correct me what's this guy that lost to AOC what's oh his Joe name? Cro- yeah Joe Crowley it was in, it was in a primary yeah, I mean, here's he, what happened yeah, yeah he I just mean, fell asleep he fell asleep in a primary right, right. he didn't but, take her but, seriously I mean, do you let, let me ask you do you think she she's a one and done I mean you feel confident right I mean are you are have you looked at any polling uh, what kind of feedback are you getting I mean. She's been involved in so much dumb bullshit. I think she's really ruined herself in so many ways. Yeah, there's a lot of buyer's remorse here in the district. Like I said, I'm here, so I really know what's going on. We did some polling, and it wasn't Republican polling. It was real polling. You know, you can always stack the deck. You see that all the time on media. Uh, But we didn't do that. We did some real polling. And her favorability ratings in the district are 47%. That was before the defund the police movement. That's before that. Nobody in this district wants fewer cops. Everybody wants more cops. Everybody wants safe streets. Everybody wants good schools. So right. the fact that she had the high negatives in a plus 30 district, meaning that you know, Hillary Clinton beat Trump in this district by 30 points, and your negatives are below half before you decided to take the money away from the police department, we have a real shot here, and, and it's, it's, it's going in the right direction. And we gotta we gotta take back New York City. We got we gotta restore it. We gotta make it how Rudy Giuliani did things. We gotta you know make it the hot, popular, beautiful destination it once was. Because right now it's third world ideology, and you've got cops quitting every day because they're scared to do their job because these politicians limit what they can do to these protesters, and they're putting their lives on the frickin' line. And I think that's what is the most frustrating about this, Rory, is that, you know, in New York, we know how to fight crime. Back in the 90s, my my last full year in the police department was 1990. In that particular year, we did 2,260 murders, 100,000 robberies, and 146,000 stolen cars. About four years ago, we did 295 murders. So we know how to fight crime. You know, it started with Mayor Giuliani. Uh, Mike Bloomberg was smart enough to at least keep the law enforcement ideas in place. I mean, he did some, some other wacky things, but he kept the law enforcement ideas in place and went a little overboard with some of them. But look, we, five years ago, we had an 11-day period in New York City where we didn't have a homicide. 11 days with no homicides. On any given day, there's 10 million people in New York City. So we went 11 days without a murder. And the other night, we had 15 shootings in 15 hours. So basically, in about a three-month period, uh, de Blasio and the city council has undone everything that we did in law enforcement for the past 30 years to make New York what it was. They've undone it in a short period of time. It truly is uh, disgraceful and sad to watch, and it's taking New York back to the 70s 
uh, a place that it does not want to be, believe me. Um, I, dude, I love having you on. Uh, I w- let's make you a weekly regular. Let's get you on here as much as possible. You shine a lot of great light. Uh, you have a very impressive resume. Uh, you've lived quite the life. Uh, I thank you so much for your service. You're a, you're a genuine, authentic individual. Uh, tell everybody where they can donate, where they can connect with you, all that good stuff. Yeah, once again, we're at Cummings2020.com, Cummings2020.com. Uh, go check us out. We have uh, our commercials up there. We have a three-and-a-half-minute video, kind of an introduction to who I am and the fact that our, our slogan for the campaign is I am you. I live in a district. I work in a district. I bank in a district. I know where the good restaurants are. I've lived this life my entire life, and I think that's what people want in Washington. They don't want to be detached. They want somebody who represents them and their interests in the federal government, and I think so many people feel detached from that. I love it. I love it. John, really a pleasure having you with us. Let's get you back next week. Let's get you back on a weekly basis as a regular. Thanks, Rory. I'd appreciate the chance. Thanks. All righty. God bless. And I'm praying for you and I'm rooting for you. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Have a great night. Thank you. You too. Uh, Everybody, it's been a fantastic show tonight. Um, I want to thank all of you for tuning in. I love you so much. Another big show planned Thursday. Until then, I'm Rory Sodder. Mega, mega, mega. God bless everybody. Much love. Cheers.